0: up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well we've got sit down comedy it's time for coffee with a dog you make me laugh probably not there's nothing funny nothing funny to laugh at alright guys I don't know you're rocking out over there Rock, 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 rockety, rock out. All right. I get it. Bum bum. Yeah, we get it. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Bum. Oh, good morning, my friends. It is Friday, September first. August is gone. Kinda of summer is kind of gone. Kinda of, kinda of, kinda. Of. And I'm here with you unexpectedly and unscheduled show it's going to take the day off but you know what happened tony walker i don't know why he does it. he promos the show even though there's nothing in the bucket so he goes to my youtube channel to see what's scheduled and if there's nothing scheduled he makes up a graphic so he he promoted the show so i figured i have to do it generally if there's nothing in the bucket it means i'm not going to do a show i wasn't planning on doing a show I don't want to do a show, <laughs> but I'm here doing a show anyway, uh, if it, if you can call it a show, um, big things going on with spectrum and I guessing spectrum <laughs> is a cable company or some kind of television provider, uh, television and internet service provider. But I noticed Twitter was on fire about it last night because spectrum Cannot reach a deal with Disney on the price of the package, so all of Disney's content is now not on spectrum. Terrible. Awful. I mean, can't live without Disney. What kind of world have we become? (laughs) Well, to be fair, ESPN and ESPN2 and all of those things are part of... Uh, Disney, and that's what some people are freaking out about. But uh, what's on ESPN anyway? Listen, man, the tube is poison. It's, uh, you're, you're shrunk out. You're like a junkie. Anyway, I'm not. I don't, I don't even, I've never seen Spectrum. I don't, I'm assuming it's a television thing. (laughs) I know it's a television thing. But uh, I don't know if it's cable or it's a dish service or what the hell it is um but people are upset about it. so we're not on spectrum we've never been on spectrum but um, just as a, a show of solidarity with all the people freaking out i won't put my stuff on spectrum how about that <laughs> they won't nab me anyway uh but that's beside the point i'm it's a gesture of solidarity with those freaking out about their spectrum being stuck up their rectum i just uh i'm being Autism is a spectrum. I'm on the uh, autism spectrum. Good morning, Ian. Uh, Ian's up early. I don't, it's Friday morning. I have too many gigs to be here just talking to a microphone. GD Fenderson might be joining me if he gets my email. He uh, has uh, created uh, Critical Joke Theory, which seems like I misunderstood. I thought he was going to be sending me a video. Seems like he might be doing it live, if and when, if and when he joins the program uh, later today. I did send him a link or later this morning. It's I'm not going to be here all day. Uh, if you um, are so inclined, call man the man of callness. Uh, did a show yesterday with Billy Wayne Davis and some other dude named Mike i guess he's a uh comedian working with billy um anyway um <laughs> good morning bean uh what is this she's on the spectrum uh most most of the comedians, in the uh, g d we are expecting you in so you know at, at your leisure but I'm not gonna be here all morning, so uh looks like you're doing a thing live. I was confused. I thought you were sending me uh a video. But that, anyway is fine. Anyway is good, anyway is lovely. Um Bean says she's on the spectrum. Uh we we're all I think we we're all on the spectrum. Happy Friday. Well, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on I don't feel like I'm on the spectrum. I don't feel like I'm on anything. I feel like I'm on a broken chair. I think my fat ass broke the chair. Anyway, um, it's interesting to me about this whole spectrum thing. There's a lot of things that are interesting. Yesterday, Dwight Little, who was a uh, very accomplished film director, who I have now uh, begged to be in his next movie, and it seems like he might have a small part for me in a movie. How about that? See, the trick is to get yourself a podcast. Get these influential guests on and then beg them to give you opportunities. This is what I'm finding out. Beg. Get groveled. Um Plead. So I'm going to be in a movie. And I, I did mention yesterday, I was in the movie Car Wash. Uh, Cheech and Chong, I believe, were in that movie. I also believe George, George Carl I know George Carlin was in the movie and Richard Pryor. And the movie sucked <laughs> and did nothing. But I'm in that movie. Uh, I, they didn't intend to have me in that movie. I kind of, uh, what do you call that? Photobombed myself into the movie. I'm a little slow this morning. I photobombed myself into the movie. I was living across the street from the car wash where they were filming the movie car wash. And uh they were filming it every day there. For months. It had to be two months they were out there filming. And every day I would get out of my uh welfare hotel room that I was living in. It was twenty-seven dollars a week. And I was splitting that. (laughs) Living for on thirteen dollars a week rent in the hotel cameo, which was across the street from the Hotel Californian. Uh, which was a welfare hotel. Um, And so every day I would get out uh, and just walk past the the car wash both ways. i walk on both sides of the street, keep crossing the street, going back and forth, walking around all day, hoping to get caught uh, by one of the movie cameras. And eventually uh, I did, because when the movie came out, I was in a hurry to see see myself in in the movie. And there is one second, I should know the time code, there is like not even one second. There's a split second where I am in the movie. I'm definitely in a movie because uh, I, I had a very distinctive look in those days. It was 19, I think 77, 78, something like that. 78, somewhere around that time. Might have even been 76. Uh, but I used to wear this uh, army coat <laughs> that I got from a guy who, who was a friend of my brother who came back from uh, Vietnam and then became a total junkie and had to sell everything he had, and I bought this coat from him. Uh, Frank Tamburillo, I think it was his name. And it had the Tamburillo patch on it. But you see me with my classic long black hair and a uh, U.S. Army jacket walking just for a brief second. That's my claim to being in the movies. Now, I do have an IMDb. IMDb? internet movie database yeah i am David H for my work in off the cuff cooking with craig uh mitchell he set that up uh but other than that i really really just want to be in a movie not uh, not to act just to say see i'm in a movie um and i did a lot of that in those days trying to be in movies trying to be on television and all that stuff but we were talking about the writers strike And how this is bad timing well bad timing all around right um because i i said yesterday and i've said this a couple of times strikes don't get settled without customer consumer demand for the product and right now there doesn't seem to be a lot of consumer demand for actors and writers to get back to work they're fine with whatever crap is still running, reruns, reality TV stuff, stuff, sports doesn't take writers or actors. It's funny that those announcers aren't part of Screen Actors Guild. But, um, so, there's not a lot of demand. And this, you know, I guess Spectrum's one of the bigger ones. Uh, spectrum and Urectum are both very big. Uh, <laughs> but... So taking content more content away, does that increase demand, lower demand? I don't know. Does it change the the prospect of the strike getting settled? I just think perhaps the writers and uh actors are were not prepared for the audience in general saying, eh, we don't care. We don't care. And That could go on for a long, long time. We have, I remember writer strikes lasting a long time in the 80s. Um, But you know what? Things are different now. People can can get content lots of places. And it's confusing because internet stuff seems to be immune uh, to the strike. You're, You're not a scab if you're doing it on the internet which is kind of unusual, right? Uh, Because you're still working. You're still feeding the consumer demand for content, whether it's scripted or not. Why isn't wrestling on strike? Because that's scripted, and they need writers for that. I guess they're not part of the guild. Anyway, I just, oh, there goes Jordan. Jordan Peterson's here. Uh, I just want to start crying about the writer strike for a minute i don't like when jordan just burst into my show uninvited um but anyway so i'd love to know your thoughts about the writer's strike. do you give a shit about the writer's strike? do you care is it gonna end soon are you missing any of your shows any of that kind of stuff let me know um what do we got here oh we got a chat room full of fucking people over here oh my god uh ethan says autism on the spectrum bean says we're all on the spectrum gd who is uh going to be with us in a moment uh all comedians that i know are on the spectrum nobody's talking about rectum they're all talking about spectrum good morning and hope your birthday was wonderful william says uh yeah uh, my birthday was saying thank you to people wishing me a happy birthday on social media that's what i did all day on my birthday but thank you for the <laughs> for the birthday that that's what we do now you should plan on your next birthday spending your entire day saying thank you to people who wish you a happy birthday on um probably probably definitely on the spectrum what is it is it probably or definitely or you're definitely probably definitely probably probably definitely see now if you say probably definitely you that's an indication that you're on the spectrum or on the rectum only difference is my bro has actual papers saying he's autistic. Well, actual papers. As opposed to non actual papers? See you're on the spectrum. Uh and and you got no Disney because of it. Uh well, Kelly says hello to Will. I think uh I think there's something going on there. Uh working at the car wash at the car wash, uh, what up, coolest of all cool kids? I guess that's to Kelly, not to me. I thought I was the coolest of all kids. Oh, come on. These are private... Uh, uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre, uh, Snoop Dogg, and, and car wash movie. No, 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 no. That's probably a remake. Uh, they weren't even... I don't even think Eminem was alive when they filmed the car wash that I'm in. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, you know, I'm interested in that. Now, one other story that uh, caught my eye this morning, I wanted to talk about. Is Popular science has a, a story out today, an ancestral bottleneck. Ancestral bottleneck. You know what an ancestral bottleneck is? It's when people stop fucking. <laughs> an ancestral bottleneck took out nearly 99% of the human population 800,000 years ago. People stopped fucking. It was too cold to fuck, basically, is what the uh, the story is. It's um, a team of scientists from the United States, Italy, China, may have finally explained a large gap in the African and Eurasian fossil record, according to the model in, uh, in a study published August 31st, that's yesterday, uh, in the Journal of Science. The population of human ancestors crashed between 800,000 and 900,000 years ago uh i guess they're saying the bible was wrong i thought we were only around for 6,000 years um they estimate that there were only uh 1280 breeding individuals alive breeding 1280 people fucking at that time um so that's six if you split it down in the middle it's 640 men and women each um Individuals were alive during this transition, uh, the early and middle Pleistocene. Why oh, do you need that word? Why do you need that word? Uh, about 98.7% uh, of the ancestral population was lost at the beginning of this ancestral bottleneck that lasted roughly 117,000 years, according to the study. People went 117,000 years with minimal fucking. I know Kelly just got really depressed hearing that. Uh, but it's surprising. I mean, I don't care how cold it is. You're going to fuck, right? But obviously, the I, the same planet was covered. climate was very cold, uh, covered with ice sheets. Uh, this is around the time that humans started to make their way uh, to the Americas. Now, I don't know. What I was thinking before, but I was thinking this is this is probably the time where racism started to happen. Well, it during the comeback where people started fucking again because we all know that or well, those of us who believe in science and evolution and that life began on the continent of Africa and spread out of that, so we were all one people until. This started happening, and then there was a divide, be- and uh, between uh, African and Eurasian fossils, and uh, the decline in that. Now, uh, some of, some people might say, "Well, how many of those twelve hundred eighty people uh, were Asian? How many of them were African? How many were Asian Eurasian?" Um, and you know, had it, because it seems to me. Um, well, I don't, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to uh, get involved in a conjecture here. But it seems to me that would be the boiling pot for where... The boiling point, boiling pot, boiling pot. Why is it a boiling pot? It's not a boiling pot. It's a boiling point. Uh, for when racial division might might start. Because, you know, when things go bad, humans tend to blame people. Uh, and, you know, as life left Africa and went into Europe and that's when it started getting cold. Maybe, maybe I'm just saying maybe a lot. I'm saying maybe three or four times or five times. Um, people started to blame each other. Like, and it was not bright enough to blame it on the cold or that maybe we should fuck more. <laughs> I got a simple solution. Uh, as president, I would like to see everybody uh, fuck some more. Fuck more. That's my platform. That's what I'm sticking with. Just fuck the hell out of each other and the world will be all right. I don't know. It's just an interesting story that we can be almost wiped out and come back. It's almost like um, it's almost reassuring that even if we uh, destroy ourselves, we can get down to 1,280 people. We can come back like the Mets in the ninth inning, only to fail again anyway um that's it uh gd fenderson gd fenderson i like the way he says says that on the uh opening of the show uh is with us let's let's bring him in and say hello good good morning gd fenderson hey how's it going all right that's
2: the low energy good
0: morning oh no
2: i because i'm i'm also in the middle of constructing a poem i i have to write a birthday poem and get it in the mail Oh, <laughs> not for you. This isn't your birthday <laughs> poem. This is actually. For... That's good. <laughs> this, is, this is for an in-law.
0: <laughs> How you doing? What's new? Anything new?
2: Uh, What's new? Uh, FYI, I did. I sent you the wrong file. It is a video file and I resent it.
0: Oh, ah, let me see if I can get it while you while we say hello. Um, Yeah. yeah so
2: I figured you probably had like a commercial break and during a commercial break, you would like go to the file and
0: I could do that. I don't, you know. Uh, I'll be. Well, honest. you're professional.
2: Who am I? You do. You do. You. You do. You. I, I am
0: just... not. I'm not doing me. I am not even here. Oh, uh, <laughs> tell me. I need access again. Uh,
2: okay. I, then you send gotta me do... a thing, and I,
0: I'll. I, I did. I sent a request link. Um. Did you? I I really wanted to talk to you about this. Did you happen to catch my evening program this week?
2: I did not. I was super busy editing.
0: All right. That's fine. I mean, is, the, the program, a guy named Mishuan Daniels, um, the, he has written a book called I'm Not Your Black America. Okay. I'm Not Your Black, comma, America. And he is a very outspoken army vet, uh, Trumper, conservative black man. And I would uh, I really I think you should watch it at some point when you get a chance. Uh, and I would love to hear your perspective on his views. Now he uh, uh, he enlightened me on on something that I'm really surprised by, but he said w- what made him a Trumper was when Donald Trump in 2016 uh, said to, to the black people in the audience, what have you got to lose? You've been voting Democrat. All these years, what and and your life is not getting better. What have you got to lose? And that resonated with him. And to me, I didn't hear that as uh, making any sense. What have you got to lose? You, I have a lot to lose. If things could get. You, if you, we have a a fossil record of what you have to lose. We have a yes. historical <laughs> record of what you have to lose. You could go back to being in chains. Uh I mean. Uh, so uh, that's the way I heard it. Like, what have you got to lose? Are you kidding me? You have no, no, uh, reference of, of our history to say, what have you had to lose under uh, whole administration? I understand how, uh, they could feel like, you know, he could feel like the democratic party has failed them or hasn't done enough, but to say, what have you got to lose? It can't be any, it, you know, couldn't be worse that. To me, it just didn't ring true. But it maybe that highlights how out of touch I am with the Black experience because I didn't hear it that way, but he clearly did. And I, I, I think it, I wanted to get your perspective on that. I know just hearing me say it secondhand probably doesn't give you enough to kind of respond to it. Uh, no,
2: I, I have lived that response. I mean, that... <sighs> okay. There are... there and and some of you can forgive my language but this is the way it was back in the day uh back when there was slavery there were those blacks who were actually pro slavery they were quote the house niggers okay yeah. there there's no accounting for the abundance of ignorance that's out there the the people who It's like was not Munchausen syndrome, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, you just you're taking hostage and you seek refuge in the hostage takers. That's this guy here, or he's so insecure that in order to be special, he joins a club that wouldn't have him as a member.
0: Right, exactly. That, and he, he pointed that out from the beginning. He said when he was a kid, his mother didn't let him go to black churches, and his neighborhood made him feel like he wasn't a real black man because he wasn't part of the black community. You know, he didn't do things that black people in his, his community were doing. And he said he never felt like a black person. And I said, you know what, uh, they, they do that to you on purpose. It's kind of like, and I, I brought up the, the slaves who were reluctant even after the emancipation to leave yes. they wanted to stay in chains because it felt safer to them they you don't know what's out there you know what's here at least you get you know you getting whipped but you know you at least you're getting two meals a day maybe one <laughs> meal a day whatever you were getting and yeah. there was no guarantee that you were getting that if you left like where right. i, I got to learn to take care of myself now and i have to build my own shelters and all that stuff so it was fear that kept them in chains but I, and i said you know what it sounds like that's what, where you are with this you're you know uh and he was talking all about personal responsibility it's like well how how are you relating it to personal responsibility if you're if you're uh putting all your hopes in donald trump emancipate or, or increasing your quality of life uh, it just didn't make any sense but it was a fascinating conversation i like the guy he's a good guy i just think a little confused he's from louisville kentucky okay And but it it is because in the political world now in in the punditry, people are saying uh, black people are supporting Donald Trump a lot more than they did in the last election, and a lot more people are coming to his side than GD, uh, not GD, I'm sorry, uh, Michonne's uh, Michonne Daniels, who was, you know, a trumper, a black for Trump just—I don't know. It, it, for me, it, it's baff, mind-baffling because obviously I've not walked in the skin. I don't know, but yeah. for me, I would be running from that. I don't know.
2: Like I so said, there's like so there's the self load There's a self-loathing. Um, I don't know how old he is. He's—he's uh,
0: he's almost my age, sixty-two.
2: Okay, that when we were, and uh, the, the other thing that makes a difference because I'm sixty. Three, I'm 63 when we were growing up um, back in those days the, the, the um, there were the if, the Republicans or actually the Dixiecrats as well the, basically conservatives had us divided up into like the uh, the good blacks and the bad blacks and they were trying to turn us against ourselves you know it's it's and I guess he wanted to be one of the good blacks. You know one of the good ones right uh, like i said it's it's a mult there's a multitude of reasons for a black person to want to support trump they're all bad and they're all wrong <laughs> okay it, it, and, and i and i don't care if you say well i'm a i'm a very rich black man and i care about taxes you know something yeah <laughs> If, if having a little bit more money, and I mean a little bit more money, is more important than you than other people losing their rights to vote, losing their rights to reproduction, losing their rights to 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 just have a decent existence without hatred, then there's something wrong with you, okay? And your your reasoning is flawed and wrong, and you're selfish, you know. Mm. Uh, and and I and I will losing some more my fan base is probably down to three people now
1: <laughs>
2: yeah no Um, uh, but
0: now the premise of his book i'm not your black america with a comma america so he's talking to america saying i'm not your black right. which is weird but it, it, the premise is losing labels uh losing the labels of black white whatever i've never and it sounds like white guilt, but it's not. I don't like being called white. I don't think I'm a white person. I'm. I know there are whiter people than me. You know, Danes, Anglo Saxons, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I am a Mediterranean mud person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even though I have very white answers, and my grandfather was an Irishman who was extremely white, but I never was comfortable with the with the term white because. My opinion has always been this, that even within Europe or within Africa or or any of the continents, there might be a dominant race, but there are so many different cultures and different variations within that race, within a, a continent, that to lump everybody in as white who is in Europe or comes from Europe is very misleading because we're not all the same people. Italians and Greeks... And are not the same as Scandinavians and, <laughs> or right. Danish people in any way. And just like uh, Kenyans and, and uh, mm-hmm. sub-Saharan are not the same as Egyptians, uh, Africans. A- Egyptians don't even consider themselves Africans in a yeah. lot of ways. I've talked to <laughs> It's just so weird. But, you know, those labels, I-, I agree with them. Labels get in the way. But I, I also kept coming back to the idea that it's not possible. It's a utopian idea that we can't that, that we could drop labels, right? But right. if a if if there's an incident, you got to bear witness to something. The first question mm-hmm. they're going to ask you is, "What race was the per- guy or, or woman? What 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 would, they look like? What was their race?" That's the first. When you have to, you're going to come down to either saying black or white or Asian guy or whatever you're going to say, but you, at that point. You just lost that no labels thing it's gone i mean so i don't think you can ever do that what what is your thought on that
2: i i really wish that there were no such thing as labels just like i wish there was no such thing as unions or doctors or lawyers because it means there's a reason that we have them right you know, we have lawyers because they're dishonest people some of them are lawyers you know we have unions because companies will want the cheapest labor and will screw you over the best you can. They best they can so there's some things i wish did not exist you know simply because the sheer need for them means there's something wrong same with race yeah. uh i i really wish that those labels did not exist but the reason they're used mainly is for power and economics You know, that's the main thrust behind it is greed and it's a, just a few few percentage of the people, a small percentage of the population that has this kind of power that keeps us fighting amongst each other. If Most people, if you get them together and just let them talk over a few drinks, you know, regardless of their background, they'll find something in common. And even their differences, they'll shout it out. They'll yell it out. And by the end of the night, they'll hug it out. Or they'll at least have some kind of respect, you know, like, whoa, I didn't know, you know, hey, I, I didn't know that my cousin was gay. I just thought he was just very friendly with all of his male friends. Man. My goodness. But I love my cousin. You know, so it, it, it I'm about to go on.
0: A, uh... Yeah, you know, but he, my I I really would like it if you could at some point watch that episode because he wants to come back. And I think I would like to I'm, I'm not like I'm. Pitching my, my, my black friend against my other black friend, and because you're in different corners, I just want to get both perspectives included in the conversation. Uh, and because coming from me, it definitely sounds like, well, you don't, you don't know the experience, you can't know the experience. Well, you really don't. Have, so all of my uh, thoughts and opinions are invalidated by by my skin color, and I'm sure you can appreciate that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it, it's still there's also the human experience it, it's i i there's a story that i tell once in a while and you know for, if, for all of you people out there if you've heard it forgive me i don't know how you have heard it because most of you don't even know me but oops, sorry i that's why i closed the door that's why i had the door closed and the cat opened the door excuse me i'm going to close that door again okay talk among yourselves yeah talk among yourselves uh, i got some good she coffee had by had the way the
0: uh, <laughs> i'm going to be taking a uh, i knew she had on the road so yeah i'm going right. to be taking a, a while i have that second there taking a short break from uh koa coffee um sponsoring the program and testing out mind dog coffee uh next week uh we have our own product and we're going to just test it out and see how it does uh i i love koa coffee uh Still loyal to the brand. I think it's the best coffee in the world, but uh, we need to stop paying the bills a little more, Obi. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to test that out. Anyway, you're back. <laughs> we'll oh, just, yeah. We'll... I want to
2: close that door again, because like I said, my cat opened it. I guess she wanted to be part of the show. And But uh, the the stories I was headlining and I tell a lot of, I tell stories. For the most part, I'm a storyteller. And when I was done at the end of the show, I was talking to people in the audience. And one lady said to me, uh, a woman of whiteness and drunkenness has Mm -hmm. said to me, um, I'm not sure that you represent the true black experience. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my my wife, who is another woman of whiteness, uh, walked up to her, and the thing is, we've been together. My wife and I've been together for quite some time. So I, she has as much black in her as I have white in me, uh, because of, you know she has a little bit more black in her, about six and a half inches. But the thing is, we, our cultures have meshed a little, and so my wife says to walks up to the woman, "Excuse me," <laughs> Just, you. My husband doesn't represent the true black experience. And I said, "Whoa, whoa." I said, I I hate to see this white on white crime. You you stay over there, let me, let me deal with her, because the woman's obviously drunk. I was raised by a drunk. I speak fluent drunk. (laughs) So I went and I dealt with the, the woman because she thought that my black experience wasn't the true black experience, which begs to differ. What does she think the true black experience is? Right yeah and I never and I first of all I never say that my black experience is the true black experience my black experience is my experience I just happen to be habit in a brown skin
0: I yeah I think if I don't know what the numbers are but they're probably uh, say say there are uh 60 million black people in America and I don't know, that's probably uh, wrong but I, I would think you would get 60 million different black experiences from <laughs> uh,
2: Actually, um, you would get 54,522 I did the math last night <laughs> in preparation for this
0: <laughs> uh, Well, you didn't do the math on the 15 or 16 inches because I, that suggests that you're folding it in half uh, <laughs>
2: and it hurts. It hurts.
0: <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> yes. I I have your piece loaded up. Let you let's let's check out critical joke theory. Are we ready? You think it's a good time? Sure. Sure. Tran- transitioning into critical joke theory. Come on, open up. Oh, it's slow. Oh. Whoops, it looks like the video file doesn't have a video track. That's not right.
2: No, it's not right cuz I was looking at it.
0: No, it, it it's Firefox <laughs> is sucking. Hold on. I I think I can. I think I can fix this, ladies and gentlemen. I have to do a little. We'll keep talking while I'm fixing this. I'm going to use the the other computer to get it. It's a Firefox thing. I know it is. Okay. Because uh, I've happened to use Firefox on this computer for some. Because I don't know, uh, Chrome was making me drop frames or get freeze up the other day. Every everything just sucks in my life. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well not everything you're still good
0: looking i I am i'm really incredibly good looking i I'm getting ready for a uh weekend from hell and that it I get really uh flustered when that when that happens. It's just like it's too much for me to think about uh I have eight gigs between uh early this afternoon and Monday afternoon, which is a lot <laughs> It's a lot of of going back and forth uh connecting as gonna take a minute so
2: um good to be you having eight gigs i may have eight gigs between now and december
0: right (laughs) i know and uh tonight it oh damn it tonight is a really big one because it's the last hurrah it's what the fuck man come on um I can't type either because this keyboard is too far away. <laughs> What's going on? Remember this password and that key guess. Yeah, not doing it. Ah, uh, I don't know why I can't do this. Matt Napo, that's me. That's me. Oh, I know why. Right? Fuck me. Fuck me. Yeah, I'm gonna. alright right, we'll keep talking. I will. I will get this.
2: Okay, the coffee that you're. The coffee that you're about to sell is that um, the thing like um, there's like a coffee company and they'll put your name on the bag and your and they give you so many pennies. Base of...
0: basically yes, but uh, they they do allow you to kind of pick your strains and brands and where you get the product
2: from and all that kind of stuff. Okay,
0: so I I do have some control over it. It is Hawaiian
2: coffee. Uh, so Hawaiian. you're not growing it in your yard in New York. No. Because oh. I'm gonna tell you guys, if you've never had New York grown coffee, <laughs> I, don't even, boy.
0: I don't even know if they do that. Do we have
2: uh oh, isn't okay. that what peach coffee is? I'm gonna just, see, that's, that just teasing that's like peach coffee is like paint thinner. I'm sorry, for those of you know, it's very strong coffee, it's very strong. Hmm. I'm not a coffee drinker, but my wife, when she drinks strong coffee, I can feel it. <laughs> in the air tonight what do you
0: or do you drink anything to wake up in the morning tea anything
2: i just wake up like wow this. wow it, that's i have a mixed marriage i wake up like this and my wife needs coffee she's a she's not a morning person wow
0: yeah i i need coffee i can't i'm generally don't talk to me <laughs> until i get my coffee in me, and my wife insists on talking to me before I got my coffee, and it's just like it doesn't work. It, and I'm rude, and I end up being rude, and I don't want to be rude. Connect as here we go. I'm not Matt Napo on this machine. That's right. I'm somebody else. Who am I?
2: Um, Do you need to send a new permission then if you're not Matt Napo?
0: Yeah, something like that. Yes. Um, so, anyway. Um. Yeah. So the, the gig tonight, uh, the gig tonight is the last hurrah of summer, and it's in an amphitheater on the beach, and it's kind of a big deal. Fuck me. That's all I got to say. Just fuck me. I'm gonna go another way. I'm gonna go a whole other way. Uh. But yeah. So I have two today. I'm gonna be really tired from because I'm doing a lot of singing in the, in the two in the afternoon, and then the one tonight where um it's it's a major major work like it's one of these things where uh and i and you've done music gigs and you know yes. basically uh people you're, you're there playing for three and a half hours it used to be a four-hour gig now it's three and a half hours but the gig itself is really a 14-hour gig with all the setup breakdown moving oh yeah. It, yeah even with roadies and stuff it's still it complicates things so uh, I'm going to be exhausted. And then I got to get up tomorrow, early tomorrow and get right back at it, gigging again and double gigs tomorrow. And it's just crazy. It's I, I can't say no. I'm like a, a nymphomaniac when it comes to uh, gig. When somebody offered me a gig, you offer me a gig. Even if, I, if my calendar is completely booked up, I say yes and then say, how am I going to make it work? Instead of just saying, I, you know, I'm kind of booked up. It's, 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 I, there's no way I can do this. I say yes and then figure out how I can do it, even though it's impossible. So that's where I am. And I'm going to be come Monday. I'm not doing the show Monday. I am not. No, no way doing the show well, Monday. Or
2: just record this and replay this on Monday. You can't do no, no. that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, just record huh? this, replay this on Monday because it'll be fresh enough. The people on who missed it can just see that.
0: It's over by where it was. On the... Thank you. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm, I'm getting your file again. I'm doing this all over again. Uh, here it is. Where is it? One more time. Just sort of do it. All right. This is going to take a, a minute for me to download it again over to this computer. I don't know why I'm having to download anyway. It says I can't uh, scan it for viruses. You didn't put a virus in there to, to ruin my life,
2: did you? Me? Oh, no. Oh, gosh, no. First of all, I'm not smart enough to do that. And, and second of all, not, I, I'd hate to ruin any kind of, I don't have that many friends and relationships in my life. I hate to ruin <laughs> one over something as, something as hateful as a virus. I think the people who create viruses really should be second and third in line to the death penalty. There you, you know?
0: go. Uh, I think we've got it now. Hold on. Let me just make sure I got the whole thing before I do this. Now, um, it's where you seven are- minutes,
2: 28 seconds long.
0: You are in uh, Pennsylvania, right? now? Uh, uh, Westminster, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. I thought you were in Pennsylvania. You do a lot of gigs in Pennsylvania or
2: something. Yes, right? I do. I do. Yeah, I do do. I do a lot of shows in PNPA.
0: So in Maryland, where you are, is the uh, dominant cable company
2: uh, Spectrum? No, the Xfinity has bought up almost everything that has a wire in the ground. Xfinity and Verizon—they've been—they've been duking it out for years now. Wow! Uh, well, Xfinity here we go. used to be Comcast.
0: Critical joke theory. Let's see if we can get it to. We got it.
2: Hi. Right. I'm GD Fennison, certified forensic humorist at large, but I'm losing weight. Welcome to Critical Joke Theory, episode 20. Now with new joke technology. Let us begin with the recent rash of disasters that have hit our country. Paris Hilton offers aid in Maui after vacationing with family amid deadly fires. The time to suck the oxygen out of the room is before the fire spreads. California and Mexico experienced massive flooding, mudslides and loss of power due to Hillary making landfall. Trump was heard to have said, you should have let me lock her up. Hurricane Adelia hit the west coast of Florida. The damage that it causes will qualify for a position in Governor DeSantis's cabinet. Hundreds of thousands of Floridians are without power. Now they know how women, minorities, and Democrats feel. I wish that I didn't have to say this, but whenever there is a disaster, there will be people trying to take advantage of people who only want to help other people. Please be careful to whom you give your money and report all scams to the proper authorities. The Trump federal election interference trial date is set for March 4th, 2024. The trial of the leader of the insurrection is set for Courageous Follower Day. Hmm, for real. Trump sought to have his trial date pushed to April of 2026. Judge Chetkin will not say this, so I will. Book rigor, please. There are six co-conspirators that remain unindicted at this time. Co-conspirator number one identified as Rudy Giuliani, who has gone from being called America's mayor to an American nightmare. Co-conspirator number two identified as John Eastman. Trump called Eastman a constitutional genius. He helped Trump shit on the country. So yeah, he was. Co-conspirator number three, identified as Sidney Powell. Trump said that she's more like a co-conspirator two and a half, not his type. Co-conspirator number four, identified as Jeffrey Clark. Jeffrey Clark used to manage oil spills and other disasters. Now he's creating disasters. Co-conspirator number five, there is some debate as to the correct pronunciation of his name. He was born in Wisconsin. He's a cheese bro. Co-conspirator number six is theorized to be Boris Epstein. It makes sense that there would be at least one Russian involved in a plot that looks like a nesting doll. One lie inside of another lie inside of another lie inside of another lie. All of the co-conspirators were attorneys seeing how they all passed the bar it is obvious that the bar needs to be raised in the florida indictment it appears that employee number four is going to cooperate employee number four has been identified as yuxil Tavares. the name yuxil means freedom lover of course he's going to cooperate Jim Jordan opens a probe into Fannie Willis's investigation. He's trying to go for her briefs. He's confused. Wrestlers wear briefs. Willis, where's your ass down? Russian officials affirm that DNA proves that Wagner CEO Prigozhin was among the 10 dead people in the jet crash. Also on the plane was the woman who accidentally ate Putin's yogurt It had his name on it. A woman who thought that Putin looked fat in his suit and three squeegee kids. Nobody likes squeegee kids. The unofficial cause of the plane crash is hammer and sickle cell disease. Senator Mitch McConnell shown here moving really fast or moving really slow, froze momentarily during a press conference This happens during his Windows 98 updates. Clarence Thomas, seen here during his Rochester impersonation, ah, Mr. Benny, cut that out, has filed disclosure forms listing gifts that he has received from Harlan Crow. Thomas previously did not disclose the gifts because he thought that they were trades. The Nebraska women's volleyball team drew a record-breaking 92,000 three fans to their game. 90,000 of the attendees were incels that were there for the Kleenex and sock giveaway. A gunman killed three black people in Jacksonville. It was determined to be racially motivated. I do not expect everyone to get along and love each other, but the killing is not necessary. However, if you are a racist and you feel that killing black people is the answer, call me. I've been to all of the meetings. I can give you a list. We know which black people we deem unnecessary. Win-win. You can start with the black Trump supporters. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp dismisses the GOP calls for a special session to impeach Bonnie Willis. Which leads me to say, what? You talking about Willis? A judge rules that Rudy Giuliani is liable for defaming two Georgia election workers. Giuliani retorted, defaming? I made them famous. Nobody knew who they were before I lied about them. I'm GD Fenderson, certified forensic humorist. Now with New Joke Technology. Thank you for watching Critical Joke Theory, episode 20. Be safe out there and don't feed the crazies. (laughs) All right. All
0: right. Wow. That was pretty good, man. Uh, you know, I was thinking even before you uh, did the what you talked talking about Willis thing. Why hasn't that been used already? I mean, people are slacking comedically. Uh, if they nobody had, we've known about Fawny Willis for a, quite a while, and nobody has come up with the hey, what you talking about Willis? <laughs> I mean, come on, that's a no brainer. That should be like the comedy one-on-one come on get in there you're the first congratulations for being the first to actually use the line comedically well the,
2: well the funny thing is there are lines that i have and i ask comedians about this a lot well experienced comedians not the the low-level ones but the ones that have been doing it longer than me it's like are there lines that you have like in waiting that you know will be like really great but it, it has to have a good setup you right. can't just. You can throw a line out there, and you watch a lot of young comedians. Like say, I got this really great punchline, and they contort as much as they can so they can get to this punchline, and it's a good punchline, but their setup is lacking or tortured, right. and so you have this. You know, it's usually an archaic and iconic phrase that you just say, "Oh, if only so and so would die." I have this great line. Of music there. You know, I can't wait. I can't Why? wait. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait for Keith Richards to die because I have this one line that we know.
0: You'd really be doing my act as solid if you just fucking die already. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs>
0: But I think you disqualified yourself from uh, being part of that next show with Misha and Daniels with that, uh, <laughs> that list of. Uh, you said Trump. Start, let's start with the uh, black Trump supporters. Uh, oh, yeah. oh
2: Oh oh. <laughs> I have a I have a short one minute video on TikTok that's even a little bit more graphic, a little bit, but it's a little bit funnier because there's a live audience there. Uh, it's it's it, it's hashtag um, Jacksonville killing it's on TikTok and it's, it's also on my youtube channel under uh my let me see, I have a playlist and the playlist is called documenting my funny again it's called uh jacksonville killing it's like um a minute 13 seconds it's just an episode of like a 20 minute set wow um what what do,
0: um I'm, I'm going back to the chat room here i don't uh get what we're talking about uh first two spots in line I don't know what, what that refers to. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Mind this maybe <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do you do that politically when you're in a, a, a comedy club or, or in a theater or wherever you're doing a show, do you get that political? Cause that could be divisive. I mean, <laughs> I I could see, uh, Dave who was, was uh, on LinkedIn, who is a, a Trump supporter, uh, Dave Canyon, this could Dave, um, I could see him getting pissed off. I think he left like two minutes in into your piece. But.
2: <laughs> well, to be honest, it's harder. Like if you, you're watch, if you're watching it on YouTube, it's a little bit harder because there aren't, there's not like a support system there for you, right? And you're stuck there with your own thoughts, and you're looking at something that's. I mean, they head. These are headlines, and these are pretty much. You can check them out. Almost everything I say is true. My punchlines are a little different. But yeah, yeah, you know it's it's true. I mean, like like the hurricane Hillary. All right, yeah, that was a hurricane. Yes, it was named Hillary, and Trump did want to lock Hillary up. The only thing I did right. was mash the two together.
0: Well, uh, it's sounds like these where you really uh, appreciate the value of a president who could move storms with with a sharpie. I mean, when when the hurricanes start happening, we could use a guy like that. Why? Why can't Biden just pick up a fucking sharpie and just look, a because dahlia?
2: Biden is old school, he uses a pen and ink and quill. Okay, well, and that and, the, and the, yes, and the quill and ink does not have does not have sharpie technology. It cannot move a storm. The best it can do is sign like a Declaration of Independence. That's
0: it. Yeah. So you know uh I appreciate a good good job on that it made me laugh I'm just wondering like in in the uh, in a real set cuz we are in listen I I've said this a 100 times my parents were really conservative but they brought me up and they were listening to liberal uh uh comedians they they were open minded enough to be able to laugh across uh, ideologies, if something was funny, it was funny. And it didn't matter if it was uh, liberal or conservative. Right. Uh, I think we've lost that to a, a big degree. And where so I could see people who are on the other side of the fence not laughing at that at all and actually getting angry at it.
2: Well, actually, the excerpt like the, the of the Jacksonville killing, that well, the, it was a 20-minute set. It was a, a mixture of people in the audience. Because when I when I did the thing, I did the, the thing about Hurricane Hillary, and I did the thing about it, and Trump said you should have let me lock her up, and the w- one woman yells out, "Was he wrong?" <laughs> you know? yeah. So they were there, they were in the audience. But when I got to the Jacksonville killing thing, everybody laughed, as uncomfortable as it was, everybody laughed, you know. And, and it, yeah, I a lot of there's a lot of politics in what I do. And there's a, usually the mix. There's a mixed audience in my live performances. Part of it, again, is a support group because it's live, and also part of it is uh, I'm told I'm personable on stage. Not like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm told that in real life I'm very personable, and so you want to trust me and you want to believe. And the delivery is like, oh, you know, I, I'm you the opposite. Have said
1: that.
0: People say, people say they actually like me and uh, you're likable. On, uh, uh, <laughs> they use the word likable. You're actually likable on, on uh live streams, but you in person, you're like a son of a bitch. Nobody
2: likes you. Oh, <laughs> well, I've done shows where the, the, where I talk about gun safety. Well, I, I don't want to say gun control. I'm going to say gun responsibility or discussing gun issues yeah. and the host will say, or uh, will say, don't don't talk about don't don't bring up your gun thing don't do the gun thing i said oh pff, now i have to and right. but when i'm done yes all the second amendment people and the first amendment they all agree and they're all laughing you know they don't you know because it's not that i'm trying to teach it's not like i'm trying to take them to school i'm just trying to point out absurdities
0: yeah yeah i get and it hypocrisy. Man. and the gun responsibility thing is something i have uh uh latched onto, too, in a big way. I have a friend who is a, I mean, diehard, no compromise on the Second Amendment stuff, but when we were kids together, his father had a house full of guns, and he knows this to be true, that uh, one, there was a time when I was alone in their house. I don't know how I was alone. They they left or whatever, uh, and I was there waiting. And I went and got one of his father's guns, and I shot it at a neighbor's uh, light pole, <laughs> and I, I, I hit the light pole but I missed the light and the, the bullet went through and it made a little dimple on the other side of a steel pole and at some point the guy came back and just said "Well, this is weird there's a bullet hole in my pole here and he stuck a pencil in it and pointed right to the kid's window and he said <laughs> and the father said did one of you guys shoot the neighbor's pole and then they figured out no it was NAPO and they came to me and I said, you know what, What your total gun rights, You know, and I get it, and Second Amendment, and I agree with you, but responsibility, you think your father was a, a responsible gun owner? Oh, yeah, of course he was. I said, then how did uh, nine-year-old me get a hold of his gun and be able to shoot the labor? And he started laughing, and then he started thinking, yeah, that was irresponsible. And so there's a lot of that, like, yeah, you have a right to own a gun, but you can't leave it around for a kid with, you know, uh, mental problems to get a hold of a gun or take it to school or any of that kind of stuff. A kid, Respond-
2: an adult. Yeah, an adult, <laughs> an adult, anybody. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, there's. Uh, like I said I I I I don't want to do any of my stand up jokes per se on. I'm sure I'm unless I'm, so I'm trying to think. I'll do, because that's why i had that's why i do the 90-minute specials and record them so that people can look them up go oh okay good but yeah i i yeah i do get political on stage and but it's the but it's fun you know and it's like i said it's poignant uh ugly at times and honest but it's funny so
0: all right well yeah that's the most important element of it if you go into to a comedy show you want to laugh and you don't you're Hell not yeah. there trying to piss people off you're trying to make people laugh and that's right i think that gets lost though people just you know for we live in times where people again are coming back to the difference between when i was growing up even uh, conservatives or liberal could laugh at people from the other side as long as they were bringing the funny and now it we just we are in an echo chamber where if you don't 100% agree with me on all these stuff, I can't listen to you and you're going to make me angry and I'm going to demonstrate, feel like I have to let you know that I didn't find what you said. Funny.
2: Yeah. And also I don't want to give the wrong impression. I do a 90 minute show and it's all politics. No, right. I do a 90 minute show and it's funny, but right. it's, you know, it's, it's life. It's me. It's you, you, not you, Matt, cause I didn't know you when I wrote those things, but I will teach you, you, prominently in my next two specials, but I'm just, kidding. I'm just but, but it's about me, it's about you, you plural, you in specific, and it's, you know, and it's about current events, and it's about past events, you know, and it's about making people laugh and think and yeah. laugh.
0: Well, good for you. I, I appreciate the attitude. It, it's good stuff. Um... Yeah, so that's that's basically all I had for today. I didn't. I wasn't planning on doing a show. I got forced into doing a show by Tony Walker, who runs Gov's uh, podcast, promoting my show last night. And I said, oh, I guess I'm not off tomorrow. <laughs>
2: can I can I ask, can I answer something real quick? Address yeah. something. You was talking about the the science. They saying that people didn't fuck for like a hundred thousand years or a year. Yeah. yeah. I I disagree with that theory. My theory, and and hear me out that people, we are like, we don't all come from the same species, you know, like, like in evolution, evolutionarily speaking, you know, they're different hominids. Right. And, and my theory is that just like when you try, like you breed a horse and a zebra, you know, sometimes you breed two species that are close enough that they can have sex, but their offspring doesn't always reproduce. Right. So it's possible. That as hominids and cross species hominids, we were reprodu- we were fucking too many people but,
0: fucking Neanderthals.
2: Yeah, they were <laughs> fucking, but their offspring couldn't reproduce. Right. Right. So that's what it was. It's like, wait a minute. We can we can screw them. Right. That's what we can. Fuck. That's OK. Right. And oh. It took 117,000
0: years for that to clear out of the system. People go back to fucking human, human on human
2: fucking. Right, because the ones that can't reproduce die out eventually, and the ones that can reproduce keep reproducing. Interesting. That's my theory. Of course, I, and I didn't come up with that until you mentioned your theory. What yeah. you were saying. Well, I, 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 mean, don't I don't, really, like I don't really have a theory.
0: Uh, but My theory I mean, was The story. Yeah. That's where, where racism probably came in, because uh, human human uh condition it's built into us that we look for a scapegoat we look for somebody to blame and when people start dying off and races are starting to mix at that time it's easy just to say well it's that guy it's it's them they look different it must be their fault it can't be our fault uh and and when it gets down to 1280 uh breeding people in on the entire planet that that's pretty low i mean um so I could see people starting to blame each other, and I think that's probably the roots of racism or division among people who look different. Uh, yeah,
2: I mean, yeah, it's always—I mean, people that look different. There's always been, as far as I can tell, there—you know—a little uh, reprehens, a little—I don't want to say fear, but a little reprehension when it comes to different. But but real racism that started with real power. And yes. fights over real resources and control over resources. That's when the real racism comes. It's like, oh, no, we're entitled. You know, they're trying to take our resources and our power. And we want cheap labor. We need somebody to, we, we need to be able to justify mistreating people. You know, that's, you know, and that's, that's as old as, you know, predates the Bible.
0: Right. We've gotten to the point now with that uh we want cheap labor and we want to be able to mistreat people and, and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, cause we in Staten Island, New York, there was an abandoned school. The mayor was giving migrant workers, uh, that abandoned school as shelter rather than keep them on the streets. And Staten Island is out there protesting evict them all, evict them all like these these once you get rid of these people you realize you're going to be complaining about the price of of uh produce and all that stuff because these are the people who are supplying you with uh, affordable uh produce and vegetables and all that kind of stuff right. and, and then you're going to be complaining about where do all these fucking homeless people come from because you're evicting them from the school where do you think they're going to go where, right. and what is your solution just to kill them all well, then you're going to be dealing with, you know, you're going to be looking for somebody to mow your lawn or or fix your house. Go get a, a migrant worker who will work cheap on, on projects that you give them. Now you're going to have to pay union prices for real carpenters, American carpenters and, and plumbers and stuff like that. And you're going to be complaining about how everything is so expensive.
2: Right. We, you know. People don't, people have no idea how much the real cost of things are because they've had things subsidized for so long, like gas, that's been subsidized for since, I can't even remember when we weren't subsidizing gas, uh, sugar. And that's to me, that's the big one because that's like a health thing and that's driving up health costs because we subsidize sugar, it's much cheaper to eat unhealthy than it is to eat healthy. And to eat healthy chances are all the other stuff, medical, medical, um, costs that all gets driven down because people are eating healthy diabetes out the window. Um, hypertension out the window. Well, except for maybe the occasional case where it's just in your, your DNA.
0: Right. Yeah. Like me, I was born a hothead. I was definitely born a hothead. Hypertense. My father, but he could have been the product of too much sugar, too. He, definitely alcoholism so and that sugar, <laughs> sugary. Which language. is a sugar product. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a sugar product. You're right.
0: Yeah uh so all of that but yeah we 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 don't think things through a lot we don't we don't think things through when when with especially when it comes to hatred and demonizing these people and when it was on twitter and they were showing these people marching staten island is definitely if you know anything about the new york five boroughs staten island is the most uh really hateful uh borough there is these people are uh, entitled and they're all immigrants they're all like immigrants that look like me they're all italian Americans oh for i would say it's probably 80 percent italian americans who forget you know they talk about crime rates and all this stuff <laughs> and i i will get crucified for saying you know our people the italian people in the, in who came and came to ellis island and then ended up in the uh, uh southern, southern part of manhattan and then ended up in uh, staten island and in brooklyn those people gravitated towards crime because they were desperate. They were they were poor and they had no other, no legitimate way to lift themselves up. So they went to a criminal ways. But you can't forget that. So when you when you're saying these people, they don't want to, you know, bring they're bringing crime and stuff. Every. Every desperate group of people, people who have no other, you know, you're going to cut corners. It's just a human uh, precondition that we, you want, if you're going to try to provide for your family and there is no legitimate way that you can make it work, you're going to look for illegitimate ways to make it work. You can't, it's not okay. about their race. It's not about where they come from. It's about where survival, it really is. And so you, if you want to make it, uh you want to reduce crime make survival a little easier that's the- yeah i mean i
2: know my 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 father served in world war ii my father and his grandfather my father and my grandfather well a lot of my a lot of my kin served you know uh but my father served in world war ii and when he gets back he comes back to a country where he's not allowed to vote he can't get it you know finding a job is like it's like wait a minute we, you can't work here so yeah my father ran numbers you know my father was a, a numbers runner he was a you know technically he, a criminal he worked for my father yeah <laughs> possibly actually <laughs> i know my father worked for a guy named one Arm joe <laughs> who actually they should have been one and a half Arm joe but i think people were just lazy with their nicknames <laughs> um but yeah i'm pretty sure it was one and a half Arm joe but it was one Arm joe my father used to work for him yeah and my father had a an i had a memory that he didn't have to write numbers down, so he didn't have to write like where other people had like a, a list. My father had all that stuff memorized because he had like a photographic memory. And so you have somebody with that kind of talent, and because just because he's black, he's a numbers runner as right. opposed to doing something else out there in society with that kind of a mind.
0: Right, he could have been make. He could have been an odds maker. Yes, yes,
2: he could have been a bookie. He could have been a bookie. Yeah, <laughs> instead uh, of a numbers runner. Anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> Willie, is explaining his comment about uh, the second in line. He said, "In your piece, oh. you said uh, before the piece, you said virus senders should be third in line for execution." And he's wondering who the who the first two people. <laughs> first oh, first oh. Bottom. Well,
2: the first to me, the first in line, of, and this is kind of like a broad, a broad title. But I'll break it down. People who hurt people for greed. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm talking about, so I'm talking about like the people who were scamming elderly out of their money. You know, they're calling them and saying, excuse me, uh, we're there's we, a mistake in your account. If you just give me your social security number, I'll fix okay. And they're like, Oh sure, honey, here's my social security number, and then they wipe them out. Those people, you know, an elderly person doesn't have a lot of time to recoup the money they've just been locked out, you know. That's it. Right. So yeah. You, those people, those people who alter lives forever, like rapists, you've altered the life of another person for no other reason than power. Okay, that's it. And so you, you've altered life. You cannot return that life. You cannot restore that life. So you, death row, you have, you know, scammed, you're harming elderly people. You're scamming, scamming people. You're a rapist. Those people should be first. They they have they have forever altered the course of another human being's life for no damn good reason. So those are number one. Number two, and this is actually from my wife's list, not mine, but because we're married, I've accepted it. (laughs) People who harm animals. Okay, (laughs) Okay. People who harm animals, especially people who raise animals to harm animals oh okay you know and and like the and i'm gonna say michael vick even though he's not here to defend himself but just as an example because he was like known no but people who you know raise animals just so they could torture them yeah that's number two so the virus people are number three and Uh. your list may vary i mean my i'm not king yet and and once you make me king if you vote for me and make me king i can make my list you know permanent but right now it's just a suggestion
0: yeah, I I'm, uh, honestly I think death penalty is is too kind. Um I think it's the easy way out. I mean cuz at, at death all the suffering ends. So I I think and I don't want to be the one paying for keep people alive in prisons and all that stuff, but uh I definitely think there is a better solution, a more equitable, a more justice justice based solution than death. Well,
2: my suggestion, <laughs> see, my thing about the death penalty is I want it as a negotiation block. So, for example, if you're somebody who's scammed some, you know, a bunch of people out of millions and millions and millions of dollars, okay. The first thing is okay, death penalty. That's it. Now, if you want to get off a of death row, you have to start re- restoring that money to those people, making their lives right. So if you can get, let's say, if you can make half of their lives right, if you can restore half of the money to all those people you just ripped off, you get off a death row, but you get, you know, life plus 20 or something. Okay. Then you go like, now if you can restore 90%, you can get like, you know, 10 years. Now, if you restore 100%, if you restore every penny that you have, you know, ripped off from people and you get back every single penny, and you made them all whole, you're still gonna do some time, two or three years, but the next person who thinks about ripping somebody off is gonna say, whoa, I remember so-and-so, he had the death penalty and he didn't get off, he still did time once he restored everybody's money. So I think of it as a negotiating block. (laughs) I honestly don't want to kill them, I'm just willing to kill them if (laughs) they help make people whole.
0: Yeah, like but with Michael Vick, uh, what I would do is put him I would cover him in in gravy and put him in a a, a, a pen full of pit bulls and st- <laughs> every day. every well, yes. day. You're going to get covered in gravy and locked in a cage with angry pit bulls and that's Yes. every day.
2: Cool. <laughs> cover him with cocaine and put him in a cage with addicts you know this is, <laughs> cover, cover, i'm just saying put crack rocks in his butt and put him in a room with a bunch of crack addicts and give them spoons you know, <laughs> i'm just saying there are ways to punish people without killing them they just yeah. wish they were dead
0: <laughs> yes uh have you seen the uh any of the telemarketers it's a series on it's a series on HBO Max but it is available online I, and I did send some people links to that but have you uh co- caught any of that telemarketers I,
2: I haven't watched it yet my wife and I are in negotiations cuz we both have this disdain for the idea of the telemarketer yeah but and not the idea that, well I don't I don't mind people making a living but the, We 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 haven't decided to watch it together. These
0: aren't legit telemarketers like selling a legit product or like they're not calling to say sell your solar panels. These are people calling claiming to be the police or fire department and right. intimidating you into giving for a fundraiser. And it's not real. It's all a scam. And they're, they're, what they do is once you give, and they're targeting older people, Like, and this is what made me think of it. They're targeting the elderly, calling, get them to give $15 once, they get on a list. And now a month from now, they're going to get called again and say, you gave 15, can you give more this time? And they just do this over and over again until they're bleeding these people, old people dry. There was one lady who was saying she went into like $40,000 debt. She kept taking out loans to give to this foundation. And it, it's, it, it's been going on for 40 years or more. And I've gotten those calls where the guy comes on. This is Sergeant blah from blah, the, blah, blah, blah. and it's like really intimidating. And when you say no, they get really nasty with you. And like, yes, uh, yes
2: yeah, yeah. I've, I've had those calls and <laughs> sometimes when they really annoying, uh, I will I will play the race card, <laughs> I was I say, excuse me, I'm a 60 year old black man, are you gonna threaten me over the phone? I yeah. said, wait till I'm driving down the street to threaten me. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, uh, you say play, play in the race card, and you're, you're kind of reminding me of something. I was trying to explain to somebody your parody on Paint It Black, and I like, I could not remember the line. What's the line? I see a red car and the driver looks black and, oh,
2: what I see a red car and I think the driver I think black. the driver is black. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it's a I, police officer singing the song. Yeah, I couldn't make it
0: work. I was like, they, I'm missing a word here because they, I'm missing meter here because I can't. Yeah. I, yeah
2: <laughs> I think you can check it out just uh it's on like said, it's on YouTube um on my YouTube page it's on um under song parodies on my playlist you know I have a I have a website if it's okay www.sogdfunny.com and you go on the menu and there's like a thing that says YouTube videos once you click on that there's like 12 categories of playlists because I'm a very prolific person and i try to make things easy so i have a group called song parodies go into song parodies and you'll find uh, Paint It black i that is my favorite parody that i do it's my, one of my favorites my, my other favorite is um what in the world which is a song parody of we are the world but it's sung by january 6 <laughs> um indicted <laughs> indicted or arrested people so like the, the swami the, the shaman uh that's like uh yes, yeah, so it's called What in the World. What in the World Do We Believe In? Really? Yeah. It's that that's my second well, so uh, they're all my babies. They're all good, my children.
0: Good one. Now I had a um Wednesday uh, lady who was doing a lot of song parody uh stuff at Six and Stones on Saturday night, uh Diane Forrest. She's eighty nine years old. <laughs> doing two shows, two two hour shows stand up. And I I said to her, like, I'm gonna be performing tomorrow, today, I'm going to be performing for people at a, a nursing home and every, almost every one of them will be younger than her. There might be a few that are just her age, but most of them will be younger than her. Uh, 75 to 89, somewhere in that range. And none of them will be able to stand up for more than a minute without help. <laughs> it's just going to stand <laughs> up for two hours. Good for her. I mean, that's incredible to be able to still be doing it at 89 years old. And when she was on there was no hint of her not being completely vibrant, young. Yeah, you know her mind is, is sharp as, more sharp than mine. But, yeah, everybody. I, I,
2: I hope, I hope. Well, first of all, I hope that I'm not doing comedy in my 80s and 90s. I'm hoping that I'm just, um, like running, like just being recognized in the neighborhood for being a comedian, very funny. Right. You know, yeah. that would be good enough for me. It's like, hey, that's GD Fenderson. and they'll go, who? That would be good enough for me. I don't want to be, I don't want to be still performing at that age. I just want people to go like, I love your, your third DVD, your fourth DVD, your fifth DVD. I, I, that would be great for me. I don't, I don't don't have
0: any expectation of being alive even into my seventies. I really don't. Not that I, I'm not feeling, I mean, I have some health issues, not, not big time, Uh, but I just, my father died at 54, every male in my, on that side of the family. And my father was one of 17 children, 14 boys, uh, among the children. They all died at 54 years old. My grandfather on that side died at 54 years old. My brother and I both thought we had a, a, a number and 54 is your number. So I've passed that by 10 years now, which is a surprise. I'm living on borrowed time, but I don't, I can't imagine me being 89. I just can't. I just,
2: but I could never... Uh, but nobody imagined that you would reach 64 either. No, I mean, the I, odds, I, I mean, the bookies That in Vegas, Vegas had you kicking the bucket at 26. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Vegas didn't Vegas even have you making it to 27 like Hendricks and the other 27ers.
0: Yeah, no. all, all my friends who expected me to be the we talked about this on your show. My friends all expected me to be the first one to go. Now they're all dead, and I'm still here. It's that's accident, coincidence, whatever, whatever. However, destiny. I don't know what that is, but the lifestyle I have led does not uh, not actually work towards uh, living a long life. I know I've done you know. Back when I was using drugs a lot in my teens and stuff, it was different. It was no, it wasn't heroin. It wasn't, there was no fentanyl. There was no crystal meth. I mean, nobody had crystal meth. It was invented, but nobody did that. It was pills. It was stealing grandma's uh, two and alls <laughs> <laughs> and Benadryls and stuff like that. Uh, but lots, no, lots of pills, abuse, uh, but still, I mean, I I could have died on alcohol poisoning at least three times. I know I, at one point I should have been hospitalized, but they didn't want to take me to a hospital. But I was in three a coma for three days on alcohol uh, poisoning. If that shit does not lend to you know. In your later years, you you will start to feel the residual damage from it. So and you're
2: not even you're not even including the the, the opportunities to die just from stupidity. You didn't even include those. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, I jumped uh, one time. I jumped out of a speeding car. I mean, it, it was going like 50 miles an hour. I jumped out of a car. Uh, I was on LSD at the time, but I just jumped <laughs> prompted to just jump out of a car <laughs> moving down the highway. Like, what's what the hell was that all about? In the same uh, army jacket that it was in uh in car wash <laughs> i think that ruined the jacket by the
2: way uh yeah which so, is probably why you're at the car wash to get it cleaned. no yeah. i'm just i don't know when
0: no uh, the car wash thing was was a really strange time in my life we went out to california for a couple of months in those couple of months they were filming the movie across the street but my goal there was to get on the gong show and oh, we, okay. went out, we went out there to get on the gong show we were the only two white guys in the neighborhood, we were living in East LA in a welfare hotel and uh, this black guy, Roderick took me under his wing and I, he, w- he was an older guy and he was the only guy who could score us pot, we didn't know where to get pot from, so we, he, we befriended him big time, but he had me doing things uh, I committing crimes without me even being aware I was committing crimes <laughs> He was like, "I got my television is down in my car, and I can't uh, my back is hurting too bad. I wonder if you could bring it up for me go down to the sheet and open up a door and take, grab the television. I'm walking through the, the lobby with this giant television. It wasn't his car, it wasn't his TV <laughs> you know things like that and I was doing that all the time until I finally figured out Rod, Roderick is kind of just using me, but they used to call us Simon and Garfunkel. we were only two white guys, and I'd be carrying a guitar around we we're, we're going to get on the gong show. And uh, we were online for the gong show, and an earthquake came. We were about to go in for the audition, and the earthquake came and it canceled the shooting for the or auditions and shooting for that day. So that was all a wasted trip, and then back to Florida.
2: I'm sure that being in a black neighborhood, they didn't call you Simon the Garfunkel. They called you Simon the Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I'm sure that's that. Maybe. uncle
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway yeah so uh
0: but the i also did try to get on a call desperately just trying to get caught on camera somewhere and then ended up in the movie i should i will get the time code so people could actually see i don't know but uh i chances are now i'm probably going to be in a real movie uh because i begged my way in yesterday so that's cool
2: well, I'm trying to get into um Chong, Tommy Chong's next movie. I I'm I'm take, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying trying. I, he told me that when they shoot it, you know, if I if I make it to the set, he'll put me in a scene.
0: Oh, that's yeah. uh James Balsamo is directing that. I I think uh yeah. he's he's a friend and the uh he's been on the program. Tommy will uh be with me a week from today. Right. I think Cheech was going to be with him. I think I think so. I think I'll have Cheech and Chong for the first time together. That would be interesting. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm not promising that, but that's what, uh, what I'm under the impression that I, that's going to happen. Uh, Tommy will definitely be here. Cheech is a, a difficult one. But we will talk.
2: Tom, Tommy said that Cheech will do, Cheech wants to do almost anything. He just needs to be talked into it. He says no to everything at first. Right. Yes. So that's my impression not but, that tommy and I are best friends or anything it's just that i had an opportunity to interview him you know yeah that's what he said
0: yeah uh and uh so james though who was the director of that movie is, is a friend and i think anybody can get one of his movies i mean he's he's a guy who says yes to just about every james yeah. thing is he likes titties and beer and horror and blood and gore uh, that's what he what he likes and Tom, tommy's been in a couple of his movies but
2: well, I think that at my age, um, pretty soon I will have titties. Pretty soon, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: and as far as blood goes, just wait for the next stool sample. We'll see. Yeah. So, we'll, yes. <laughs> so give him my number. Give him my number. No, I would tell him. Tits and blood.
0: I didn't even think about that because I. But James's thing, his movies don't go to theaters; they go directly to Walmart, where where, he, and he does well with them. But he basically uses Walmart as his distributorship for all his movies
2: you know I don't shop at Walmart but I'm sure I could go get it offline or something yeah Yeah, so give him my number and and I'll make the trip to LA because I haven't done a show in California yet so it'll be I'll I'll I will no I'm sorry I can't say that on the air my wife will make sure I get out to California somehow uh you know well I'm, I'm sure the kit. My cat has like two good kidneys right now. We can, we can sell one. I'm
0: impressed. I'm totally impressed that you actually stopped yourself from not saying something on the air because
2: I am incapable of doing that. And people always say, "Are you
0: sure you want to say?" It? It's too late now. I fucking- oh no,
2: I have. Uh, <laughs> I'm. I am worried that my filter will not last much longer because <laughs> I, I watched my my mom. My mom, who God bless her, she was the most liberal person that I. Well, that I knew. And she was also the first person I watched grow old. If you did if that makes sense, you yeah, know. My yeah. mother was in her twenties when I was born. And she, you know, so 20s is young and vibrant. And she was in her eighties when she died. So she was the first person I watched grow old and die. And she was so liberal and progressive when we were growing up. And by the time she was in her eighties she started to, her filters started to slip and she would just say things like, Lord have mercy, he says he's black, but you don't like macaroni and cheese. I'm like, (laughs) like, what the? And that's a direct quote from my mother. That's not me making something up for comedic purposes. No, that is a direct quote.
0: No, uh, this is uh, something that happens a lot. All my really, really conservative white friends, were hippies in the 60s and now they are the, the opposite they are everything they used to they hate everything they used to be uh the john lennon idolizers the those people who sang imagine and, and all that kind of stuff hate that uh progressive or liberal or any of whatever you, kind of label you want to put on that they hate it they become their grandfathers <laughs> it's just weird. Age will do that to you. It's not necessarily you can, as a young person, you can be as progressive as you want. But I guarantee, at the older you get, more of you know, Archie Bunker will work its way into your bloodstream. And, my my
2: my theory is that you get to choose what kind of an old person you want to be um, by what memories you hold on to, what memories you let go of. There's a
0: song in there somewhere, dude. That that <laughs> yeah. that's
2: poetic. It's poetic, but it's
0: not so poetic that it, it makes you want to kind of uh, stick a dildo up your ass,
2: <laughs> you know. But but <laughs> but if you do stick one up there, make sure it's toxic free. <laughs> and, and yes, yes,
0: non toxic dildos from EnticeMe.com. dot com. That's what you.
2: <laughs> But yeah, it, it, let's sell some product if we can. I
0: don't know if you're gonna be pissed at me if I end up using that, but I re- that's a prop- no. I've already
2: got it. I've already got it recorded on one of my DVDs. Okay. So, and, and and I don't. And I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, you stole my material. No, It's like it's an homage. It's an homage. Yeah. And you make I, it yours anyway.
0: I do a lot of Homaging. <laughs>
2: I've never I've, stolen a joke in my life, but have I, I homage a few? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I don't re- I don't, and musically, I don't steal things either. I, I mean, I borrow ideas and kind of do make them mine, but uh, there is a danger. Like uh, the uh, Black Eyed Peas song, uh, I've been accused of stealing that song, even though my song that sounds like that came out way before theirs did. I have a song that says, um, uh, Tonight's going to, no, that's their song. Tonight's going to be a good night. Uh, maybe tonight is my song. Maybe tonight we're yeah. going to have a good time, baby. But it's a very, um, the chord structure is, is similar to theirs. But when theirs came out and then people started finding mine, they were like, will you rip this out from Black Eyed Peas? I was like, no. Uh, if you look at the copyright dates and the published date, mine came out like three or four years before theirs. And I'm not saying they stole from me. I'm right. just saying it's just, you know, kind of, uh, coincidental uh, you know you, you're on a premise and that kind of stuff and things and then in pop music really we're stuck with very limited progressions usually anyway. I was about
2: to say that's, that's I was about to ask you that because there's I have a um a book about chord progressions somewhere in here written written by um, a guy named Bruce Castile who was my guitar instructor back in the 70s and he wrote a list of common chord progressions used in popular music yeah. Um, not a book, but just like one chapter, because it was teaching me, it was teaching jazz improvisation. And so there was all these chord progressions using popular music. And when I used to play in a band, I wrote lyrics first. I wrote poems, and then I took the poems and turned them into songs. And then I would look for music, and I would go, and i said, okay, I need a chord progression. And I would go through the list of chord progressions and go like, ah, uh, no, that's not good. I like that, okay. And then I was, okay, now I, so I would take the core progression and it would go so far as to say, and use this for the bridge, you know? So you got these chord progressions. So then then it's just a matter of the rhythm, right? you know? And most people, when they're writing songs, their core progression, their rhythm is like, chunka, 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 You know, it's the same, yeah, yeah. Because, and I, so when I said, so what I do, and uh, I can do the, I can tell people this now because I don't, I probably won't record another CD, musical CD, Again, I have one song left in me, but I'm not good enough mechanically to perform it yet. But what I do is, I, when I record the guitar parts, in my case, um, th- whenever I record the rhythm parts, either piano or the guitar, the chords, um, I, you know, it's always chunka 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 chunka. And then I will write a second chord, uh, chord um, rhythm to go with that. And then I will record a third, but I will delete. The first one, the original one that went chunka chunka chunka, yeah. chunka, chunka, chunka. And I'll replace that with something else so that that, that rhythm is there. But right. now the chord progression looks nothing like I'm not the progression, but the chord rhythm looks nothing like it. Because right. now I've got a third generation chord, you know, a second and second and third generation chord um rhythm.
0: Right. But cool. that's how I do it.
2: And that's yeah. why most of my stuff does not sound does not sound like um it's like, okay, that could pass for music.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of music, William Conway's uh, got a song "Get Up, Getting Down," uh, and it, we have uh, sent quite a few uh, people to the link. But people were complaining to me, William. If you're still in the chat room, there, uh, people were complaining to me. They don't complain to you; they complain to me that the comments weren't open. They want to, and it does definitely help your. Uh, presence on YouTube in the algorithm if there are comments happening. So they're saying, tell William to open up the comments on that.
2: So. I talked to William this morning, and William said that the comments are working. You just have to yell them at the at your screen. <laughs> just yell them at the screen, and he'll get them. So those of you who are trying to type them in, you know it's kind of like Star Trek. It's like computer. Tell William, of- nice chord progression, love your lyrics. So, kind of like
0: but, my grandmother watching the news.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yelling so I at did the talk TV. To William. I did talk to William, and he had fixed it a while ago. So, Oh. Uh, yeah, so uh, the, 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 your audience, they just missed it. That's all.
0: I'm, I'm surprised you know William. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we your go way back. Yes. Good. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, What's his name again? William what? Conway.
2: Con- yeah, yeah. Conway, Tim Conway's Conway. brother, right? Tim Conway? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah he's the... Kellyanne Conway's.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Of the, um, of the <laughs> Colombian Conway's. Yes.
0: Uh, anyway, I guess that's the show for today, man. I don't know. I wasn't planning on doing a show. I had some laughs. I'm glad I did the show. I'm glad to see you. Good to see you here. Uh, I definitely, if you can, at some point, yeah, no pressure here, but uh, check out that me, and Shorten uh What episode not- number is it? it's not a coffee with the dog. It's an evening show. So it's just called, uh, I'm not your black America, uh, with me, Sean Daniels. It's a meet the author thing on, on Wednesday nights. Uh, okay.
2: I'll actually I'll listen. I'll listen to it a little bit later today. Yeah. Don't let like, me because do don't get a- too
0: angry. And I was, I was really, um, I didn't give him much pushback at all, except when he w- he was saying, you know, black people have always been Democrats. So I was like, i not in my neighborhood, I, but I'm, I'm no. a Northern boy and on long island we had lots of black republicans here uh, i understand that the democratic party vote wise gets a lot more more of the black vote nationwide but not to say that there were never any black republicans and i yeah, that was, actually, that's the only had, thing to
2: black. me that shows his ignorance cuz when we were growing up um the motto was the the official the official black political motto was um Register as a Republican, out of homage to Eisenhower and Lincoln,
0: and Lincoln, but vote right.
2: Democrat, out of homage to Kennedy. Wow. Okay, that was the thing. No, yeah,
0: voted- I, I that definitely rings true to me, I, and I think that was was definitely the case here as well. Is there were a lot of uh, Eisenhower registered black guys who, were yes. uh, were um fans of the civil rights movement and and so yeah there was all that but then there was also the democratic party that at that uh, later on in the 60s that was uh lyndon baines johnson who was not exactly a civil rights guy right you and make george you wallace, make you make wallace you make george him. wallace who was yeah. definitely anything but a uh, civil rights guy so
2: yeah yeah people people confuse parties with agendas Okay, and they need to stop thinking, um, they need, like like I'm telling people. But here's the idea. It would help people to understand that there were groups that had agendas. And it doesn't matter what party you were. If you were a progressive, it didn't matter if you were a Republican and then became eventually a Democrat because the party shifted. It's the agendas that are important, what you want to accomplish. Okay, that's the important thing. And so people cling to parties. As well, my daddy's always been a Republican. Well, yeah, he was probably an Eisenhower Republican. Right. Yeah. And then the party moved, and now Trump Republicans don't look anything like Eisenhower Republicans.
0: Oh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's no. There is no uh, no common ground between Eisenhower Republicans and Trump Republicans. It's just. <laughs> it's like that party is. Uh, completely transformed itself anyway that's the show for today i thank you for being here you're welcome back anytime uh next uh friday tommy chung definitely hopefully cheats will be with them i don't know if you're planning on making this uh critical joke thing a, a, a
2: if you a, would like it weekly or bi-weekly you let me know how often you want it and
0: yeah i mean as as often as you want to do it that's that's what i tell people uh you know people have been making their own schedules up so I'm okay cool usually that. i
2: do it like every other week and that's only because i have like other shows that that's I, fine that, that's yeah fine. so that's cool
0: By the way, I'm looking for a a sports guy to do sports uh, five minutes a day once a week. It will be a paid position. If you know somebody, anybody who has a real good feel, I'm telling this to the general audience out there, even on the radio side, anybody who's got a real comprehensive knowledge of sports who can make it a little bit funny, a little bit lighthearted, but sports report five minutes a day. I don't know what the pay is going to be yet, but it's negotiable. And I I definitely want to add that to the program uh, and maybe some other kind of short positions like that where people are actually doing, uh, you know, prepared daily reports, knowledgeable uh, reports, and then we'll uh, figure out what it's worth. Not going to be big money. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and, and they have to be responsible. Yes, <laughs> Re- yes. Reliable. Not like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this every day. Except right. for I can't tell you when I
0: first put out for contributors how many people said they were gonna do it and then uh never never could even get one one piece together. Yep.
2: People it's- don't realize how some things like like I said, I that's part of the reason why I don't work with as many comedians as as I, as people would want me to, I guess. Because they're really not responsible people. Right. Yeah. you know they're very selfish yeah as as a species and yeah. late <laughs> yeah 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 i'm i'm the only black comedian who doesn't who doesn't acknowledge cpt it's a, it's a known fact it's a known wow. fact you can look it up it's in the guinness book of world records
0: wow <laughs> No, <laughs> That's tough to get into, believe me. I know. I've dealt with the Guinness people. They wanted to charge me $20,000, more than 20,000. The price kept going up. When we did the podcast, we did a 40-hour uh, podcast uh for a fundraiser for a, ca- a friend who had cancer. And I contacted uh Guinness Book of World Records. It was originally $5,000. By the time the show ended, it was like over 20, they wanted $22,000 or something. Oh, I'm at, I'm
2: sorry. I'm i at Guinness Beer Book. I'm sorry. That's That's a beer i I left up the word beer. No, oh,
0: so, <laughs> so you just need a six pack. You need to purchase yeah. one six pack and you're in. Yeah. Any, anyway, uh, thanks for being here. Have a great weekend and uh we'll see you soon. All right, thanks, man. Take care. C D in folks. Uh, good stuff. Wow. Uh I laughed. I had a good morning. I hope you did too. I hope you enjoyed the program. Uh, what did I want to mention? We do have coffee coming up next week. Mind dog coffee. Uh, we'll be rolling that out. Um, uh merch got plenty of cool merch if you're interested in that uh and it's a great way to support the program um and i am taking off monday i'm taking off monday but we do have some really uh funny people lined up for next week uh we have a you know we're getting more and more film directors uh film producers film people on which is a good thing you know diversifying a little bit uh, cool stuff anyway that's the show for you today i have to get ready for gigs i have lots and lots of work including equipment packups and stuff like that so i need to run have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you next week anybody needs to contact me you know how to contact me you know where to contact me you know where to find me and i appreciate you all have a great day and don't forget to turn on your radio bye for now <laughs>